Today, I'm going to continue to talk about your significance and your significance and your purpose from God. You know, God, well, okay. I'm going to ruffle some feathers here real quick, right at the beginning of my message. So let me do this. God does not have a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And he has an infinite number of plans to get you to that purpose. (sighs) Praise God for his infinite number of plans. Because I know that I've made some mistakes. I've made some wrong turns. And what that means to me is that God, because he has an infinite number of plans, just finds a new route. He says, Rob, you made a wrong turn, but I'm not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on your purpose. I'm going to find you a new route. Just follow me. Just follow me, and you will get to your purpose. And so God is so good, is he? Isn't he? I, I'm so thankful for that. Um, it, it's kind of like those old GPSs that you used to have in your car. Not so much the phones these days, but the GPSs that you'd be driving along, you'd miss that turn, and the nice lady would come on there and, and be like, recalculating. Recalculating, right? That's a nice way to say, you missed it. You screwed up, right? Recalculating. And then you'd miss the next one. You turn. Recalculating. Recalculating, right? Some, I... I I really think she would get irritated with me after a while because I could hear it in her voice, you know, recalculating, <laughs> Rob, you're going the wrong way. And sometimes I wanted to go the wrong way. I thought I knew better. Like, I'm, I'm going to go this way, whether you like it or not, you know, and recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. Eventually, I would learn that she was right, and I'd have to turn around and go the other way. You see where I'm going with this? God has constantly been recalculating in my life because he has an infinite number of plans to get you to your purpose. And every person in here today has a purpose. And God has a purpose for you. And he's going to get you there. We've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've, I've made wrong decisions. I've, I've made bad job decisions. I've made bad life decisions. I've, I've made bad relationship decisions. But God said, all right, Rob, recalculating. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there. And God's led me right here today to share with you recalculating. In fact, I just experienced God's hand in my life recalculating me recently when I was writing this message. A few months ago, Pastor Lannon asked me to give this message today, and I was gung-ho, fired up. Yeah, that sounds great. That that sounds like uh, uh, something I can do. And shortly after that, I was hit hard by the enemy. Harder than I can ever remember being hit. And it pushed me down into this really dark place in my life. And You know, we don't have the power to lift ourselves out of that dark place, to lift that shame off of us. We don't. Only our Savior has that power. And we can be thankful and praise God 
for his power to lift that shame off of us. But, you know, during that time, I, I even called Pastor Landon and I said, I, I can't do this message. I can't do it. I got to back out. I did everything I could not to be here today talking to you. Everything I could. God said, Rob, you want to back out? Recalculating. Recalculating. And so I'm, I'm here today. At, at some point, I started writing the message again. And at that point, I titled it, The Message I May Never Give. <laughs> because I didn't think I'd ever give it. And you might ask, well, why did you start writing the message again? I started writing it for myself, for my own healing, because I needed healing. And it's, it's uh, the Holy Spirit. I was listening to those messages on the way to Las Vegas, and Pastor Landon at one point said, you should never speak a word that hasn't spoken to you first. And I said, oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Praise God, because that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it, this, this word was for me. And it should have it been obvious to me why the enemy was working so hard in my life. Because the enemy will attack you right where he knows great things are going to happen for God's kingdom. Right there. And that's exactly what he did. And, and God said, recalculating. I'm going to take you right back there, and you're going to share that word with people. And that's how I know this word is for somebody in this room. Maybe a lot of people in this room. Because the enemy didn't want you to hear it today. He didn't. And so I'm here to share with you that your past doesn't define your future. Your worst day doesn't define your future. God defines our future. And we can be thankful for that. We can praise God for that. So I'd like you to turn with me if you could. We're going to dig into the word a little bit here. Turn to your iPhones, your Bibles. Luke 23, 32. Luke 23. This is a story that probably a lot of you have read. And hopefully God will give some new revelation today from this story. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? 
Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly for what we, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Will you pray with me? Father God, as your word goes forth, as we pray, uh, this word would fall on open hearts and good soil. Because God, you are so good and you can provide new revelation, just like you provided new revelation for me. So Father, thank you for that and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me break this down a little bit for you. Okay, this is, this is a story you may have heard before. You may have read through this before. But there is a lot going on. This is a melee. Three men are being executed publicly on a hill. There are soldiers. There are rulers. There are people out there. There's, there's blood. There's suffering. There are people dying in front of other people's eyes. It's crazy. People are yelling. People are hurling insults. People are throwing rocks. People are throwing things. People are probably spitting on these men. It's a gross, disgusting, and horrible scene. Jesus is up there. And every, almost everybody is mocking him. The rulers are mocking him. The soldiers are mocking him. The people are mocking him. There's even a sign above his head meant to mock him. He has a criminal on the left dying and a criminal on the right dying. And both of these criminals are yelling things. Because... It's not like you can just talk to each other. They're yelling at each other. And, and the criminal over here is yelling at, at Jesus saying, save us. If, if you're the Messiah, save us. And yourself. Why are you up there? And isn't that what we're supposed to do? Is Christ save us? Help us? But you got to look at the heart behind what that criminal is saying. It was mocking disbelief. He had a hard heart. And then the criminal over on this side. This criminal is crying out to Jesus. And I didn't bring this up in the, the first service, but I think I should right now. In... In the other books of the Bible, they talk about the two criminals, and they say both of them were mocking Jesus. What that means to me is that this criminal was over here mocking Jesus, and at some point, he realized who Jesus was, and his heart was changed. And he cried out to Jesus, and he confessed his sin. He said, we're, we're justly getting what we deserve. And he also said that he believed in Jesus. He said, 
when you get into your kingdom, not God's kingdom, your kingdom. And he said, remember me. Remember me. And in that moment, Jesus, we can see his love. And he says, I will remember you. Today you'll be with me in paradise. So good. You might wonder why I'm talking about that, because I told you I was going to talk about significance and purpose. This criminal was dying on a cross next to Jesus. Do I really think that that was that criminal's purpose? And I'm going to tell you, I think that was that criminal's purpose. God led that criminal and recalculated him right back to where he needed to be because that criminal dying on the cross shows us an amazing picture of how our hearts should look towards Jesus. This criminal standing right here had a broken heart. He had a broken heart. The one on the left had a hard heart. The one on the right had a, had a broken heart. And Jesus wants our broken heart. In Psalm 51, it says, uh, God does not desire our sacrifice. He desires our broken heart. Jesus, dying on the cross, saw this man's broken heart. And it's a great picture of what our hearts need to look like. It's also an incredible picture of our Lord Jesus Christ and his love. Jesus was oozing love for this guy right next to him. Jesus knew that the very reason he was on that cross was for this man right here. For this man, this man that had done so much in his life. He was dying for him and he knew it. And his love was showing. There's so much that we can learn from this criminal. There really is. And the first thing I want to bring out of this passage today is your significance is not defined by your past. Praise God that our significance is not defined by our past, right? How many of you in here have a past? I got a past. I got a past, and it, it's not all good. It's not all good. I've done things in my past that I am not proud of. I've been plagued by shame. Plagued by it. And shame, like I said, is one of those things that holds you in a dark place. And there's nobody that can lift it off you except our Savior. There's nobody that can free you except our Savior. And we've got to think about this because there are lots of people who don't know our Savior. Which means they're living in that dark place. And they've learned how to exist in that dark place. And, and I'm here to tell you today that it's our Savior that can lift that off. No matter how strong you are, even if you bench 300 pounds, Omar, you know, we need our Savior. We need our Savior to lift that off of us. Because we can't do it ourselves. And our God is so good, and He will. Uh, the enemy whispers in your ear, doesn't he? I don't know if you've known that you're hearing it or not, 
But the enemy will whisper in your ear. The enemy is whispering in all of our ears saying, you're not good enough. And I'll tell you, in my dark place, the enemy was whispering in my ear saying, Rob, you're not good enough. Rob, you don't need to get up there. Rob, you know what? You don't know enough. Rob, if they really knew you, they would all walk out. And there's some point where you gotta, you gotta turn around and you gotta say no. You gotta say no. And and I came to that point where I said, devil, no. That's not what that's not what the Bible says. That's not what my word says. That's not what my God says about me. And you gotta tell him no. There might have been a few cuss words in there too. I told him no. And I threw him away. You may be still listening to that. And he may tell you that you're buried in shame. But you don't have to be. You don't have to be. We have a Savior that takes care of that. The criminal had a horrible past. The criminal was up there on the cross and had a horrible past. He was admitting it. He said, I'm, I'm getting what I justly deserve. Now, in, in other books, it says he was a robber, a thief. He was, maybe he was a murderer. Maybe he murdered somebody to, to rob from him. I don't know. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and that's when something awesome happens. Jesus was not up there on the cross saying, well, why don't you list off for me? All of the things you have done in your life, and then I'll think about it. He didn't say that. I didn't read that part. No, it's not in there. I looked quite a few times. It's not in there. What he said was, today, today you will be with me in paradise. He saw his broken heart, and he said, man, I love that broken heart. That's good stuff. I can see your heart, and I will remember you. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. There's another really good thing that we can, we can pull from this, and that's that our significance doesn't come from what other people think about us. Praise God that our significance doesn't come from what other people think about us, Right? This guy sitting up on this cross was being made a public example. He was up there on the cross and people knew what he had done. I mean, talk about being crucified for your sins. He was being crucified for his sins in front of everybody. He was being made a public example and everybody knew what he had done and they were trying to humiliate him enough so other people wouldn't do it. He had a lot of shame. He had a lot to be ashamed of from his past. There were people down there that were probably throwing things at him, probably spitting on him, telling him how horrible he was. Anybody else been there? I've been there. Yeah. You ever worried about what somebody else might think about you for something that you've done? Have you, ever, have you ever lost all your friends 
because of something that they, that they think you have done or that you've done. You ever felt totally lost and abandoned by all the people that were close to you? This is, this is our world. This is the world we live in. We live in a small town, sometimes way too small, right? You know, walking through downtown, worrying about what this person, what person you might see downtown or those people because you know exactly what they're going to say about you and the look they're going to give you. You know, you're, you know that they're going to turn to their friend and they're going to say, well, you know what that person did. You know, let me tell you about it. Uh, you don't want to hang out with that person. Oh, and they go to church too, right? Yeah, we go to church. That's right. There's a reason we go to church, right? So we don't... <laughs> amen. I'll say amen from back here. Our God is so good. And our God doesn't look at that. Once again... Let me tell you what Jesus did not say from the cross, because I read it lots of times. He didn't say, huh, why are all those people looking at you? Why don't they like you? Hmm. Well, maybe I should get their opinion before, before I let you into heaven. Hey, c- come up here. Tell me about this guy. Right? He, he didn't say it. He didn't. He said, today, you will be in paradise with me. So thankful that God is so good that he looks at us and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today. Your significance is not defined by what what other people think about you. So what is it defined by? If you wouldn't mind. That leads me to the next great thing and the thing we can celebrate. Our significance is defined by how God sees us. God sees us. Now, what, how does God see us? One more verse for you. John, uh, 1 John 3, if you want to turn there with me. This is awesome. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. We are children of God. God sees us as His children. I... I've got my beautiful kids over here and I just remember holding them in my arms and taking care of them. I I would do anything for them. I would protect them. I would lay down my own life for them. I would do anything for them. I still would, by the way, but you're just too big to carry. Our Father has that love and so much greater for us.
because we are his children. And because we're his children, we're his heirs. That's what we can take pride in. God also sees that we're worthy. You're worthy. All of you. You're worthy. And he says, you have purpose. Every one of you has a purpose in God's eyes. And he will lead you there. Left, right, recalculating, turn around. Our God will get us there. But he says, we're his children. We're worthy. And he loves us. And he has purpose for us. All of those things are biblical. He said all of those things about you. Every single one of you. God saw that criminal. He was admitting his own guilt. He was standing up there on that cross, admitting his own guilt. He was up there admitting Jesus was the son of God. And he said, remember me. And Jesus, in his awesome love, stood up there and he said, you're a child of God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what those people think about you. You're a child of God. And you're worthy. And I have a purpose for you. And you're going to minister to people. Because there's going to be a lot of people ever since that guy that come out and have those same problems. There's people in prison right now. There's people watching from prison right now that are hanging on a metaphorical cross right now, being judged by people. And God says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what people think about you. And our God is good. And he loves us so much. We are children of God. He was a child of God. You're a child of God. Online, in the prisons, you're a child of God. And you're worthy. And God loves you. Your significance doesn't come from what other people think about you. Your significance doesn't come from your past. Your significance doesn't come from that. And we can praise God today because our significance comes from what God sees. Man, have you ever been there? Thought life was over? I've been there. Man, I've been there. Where nothing was going right. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you thought your marriage was over. Maybe somebody died in your life and you lost a loved one. Maybe your marriage was over. God's here to tell you, I'm recalculating your life right now. No matter 
which direction you turn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna recalculate and I'm gonna get you there. I have a purpose for you. I told you right there in the Bible. I, I have a purpose for you. I'm recalculating you back to that purpose. Praise God for an infinite number of plans in our life. He says, you're my child, come back. Come on up here, yeah, you're good. I got you, I got you in my arms. God, God told me, I got you in my arms. Rob, just rest. Don't listen to that, don't listen to that devil. Stand up to him. I got you, son. I got you, daughter. Our God is powerful. Our God is good and he loves you. And he's recalculating. And just like that criminal on the cross, just like that criminal on the cross, all we gotta do is give God our broken heart. God's right here, it's broken. I'm broken, love you. And he'll say, today you'll be with me in paradise. Maybe it's not today, but you will be with me in paradise. You are going to be in my kingdom with me. You are my child, you are my heir. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus.